Welcome back to Young Bucks, the Pittsburgh Pirates Prospect Podcast. Say that five times fast. My name is Alex Stumpf. I'm going to be taking uh, the lead <laughs> opening episodes. Uh, but I have a co-host, thank goodness, because I think it would be just absolutely horrible to hear my voice go on for 20-something minutes all by myself. I've got Jared Prugar, and I don't know if anyone's really going to know Jared, but we we got to know each other, actually, through podcasting. Back Way back in the before times, on an old website that our friend Jason Rolson started called Pirates Breakdown. We both did some podcasting there. That's how we got acquainted, how we became friends. It's, it's good to have you do this with me. It's nice to be back with you, Alex. It's been a while. Um, we've been on, like, I think, 75 different podcasts together. Um, so it's cool to finally get back together with you again, reunited. I, I don't know if it feels good or not yet. But hey, give it, it time. Is, right. So I, and I wouldn't want to hear your voice for 20 minutes either. So I think that's good. Um, so I think I'm excited. Uh, as somebody that gets to watch the, well, I used to be able to watch Pirates Prospects play and, and young guys play before COVID happened, but I do get to see them extensively in Altoona and, and all over uh, the minor league system. So I'm excited to, to be on with you and be on with this together. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of the excitement that is around the Pittsburgh Pirates. A lot of it is about the young kids that they have. I mean, let's let's be real about this system. It's going to be an ugly 2021 regular season at the major league level, but there is a lot of good young new talent in the system. They have a legitimate top five or six or even top ten prospect list now, which is something that they couldn't have said a couple of years ago. That's good going forward. I want to stick away from those top ten guys, though, because we oh, know man. we know all about Quinn Priester and how. You know, Jim Callis says, hey, he might end up being the best starting pitching prospect at the end of the year. We know about Cabrian Hayes. We know about Nick Gonzalez. We know about Lovier Peguero. So while I, I would argue that someone like Peguero maybe doesn't have as much hype as I think he should be, I'm, I'm really high on that kid. Let's stick on the lower end and just talk about some of the guys who really intrigue us who are outside of the top 10 prospects for this system. Wait, so you mean to tell me this is not an O'Neill Cruz hype show? No. No, you can oh, get that man. anywhere. We're, we're going to talk about the guys, the fringe guys, that, those <laughs> types of players. Some guys here, I've got a list of a couple of players. Only a couple of them are, you'll find in top 30 lists. Some of them are outside that I still think could make an impact at the major league level someday. You've got a couple guys you want to talk about. Um, I'm going to be rude, though, and go first. Rude and... <laughs> Two guys that I've, I've written about this offseason. You know, I've gotten to talk to them and how, you know, they've been able to overcome a lot of the challenges from 2020. It is uh, Max Kranick and Michael Burrows. And I think these are two guys that there haven't been a whole lot of eyeballs on them over the last year or so. And once game situations actually get going, something is going to, you know, click. For these two, something they're going to start going up on those prospect lists, especially Burroughs. I mean, here's a guy who we actually got to talk to Burroughs uh, during the quarantine part of this <laughs> of this past year. Um, really good movement, really good spin stuff. And I'm seeing videos of him in in these baseball facilities where he's hitting 95, 96 curveballs spinning at you know, 3,000, 3,200. 
you know, RPMs with a lot of movement, a lot of spin efficiency with it now. So the fastball can play higher in the zone. There's a lot of good things to like about what he has done over the past year. I think he's going to shoot up lists. And Max Kranich is someone who I, I did that long feature on, you know, really reinvented his mechanics. Big product that is uh, Vic Black. The work that they were able to do together, working with weighted balls, working with a Rapsoda to know which way pitchers should spin, which ways to make his arsenal, you know, the maximize it could be. He's someone who I think will be up in the majors before 2021 is through. Right. And I think those two are very intriguing prospects. And for the first time in, in quite some time in Pittsburgh, you know, we, we haven't had this many intriguing prospects to watch. You look at Mitch Keller, you look at guys like that. And other than him, you know, there really weren't very many people, but you look at guys like Kronk and Burroughs, and they're both guys that have adapted their games to, to new technology and in the different style of thinking in order to get the spin rates to, to differ and to get those RPMs where they need to be uh, to be effective pitchers. And I think that's what we're going to see the most because you, you look at these guys and they've been in just workout mode for the last year and a half, almost, or almost full year, I guess, by this point. Because um, after talking with um, Burroughs earlier in the quarantine, you know, they haven't had very many opportunities to get out there and play. So getting these guys in the spring training, I think is going to be huge and getting them some game action, I think is going to be even more important. And I am excited to see those guys play because like you said, I think they're going to start to rocket up some lists and really put some people on notice for what they can do and what they, what they're capable of. I've got one more picture, but I've done so much talking. Jared, Jared, there's something in there. I'm passing the ball. <laughs> I think my guy is, is Travis Swigerty. You look at the outfield prospects um, that the, the Pirates have had, and you look at I listen. I, I consider Neil Cruz an outfield prospect, but that's just between you and me. And I know kind that of is. I, it, eventually, I think he's going to end up there. I think he's got the tools, but I think Swigerty is a guy that you look at that has an opportunity to be a very good outfielder. Um, and he's a guy, obviously, we haven't been able to see. So you you don't know how much he's, his game has grown. Because um, you look at him and you think that he's probably going to end up in Altoona, maybe tail end of last year if it's a normal season. Um, if not, maybe mid-year, depending on how he, how he develops. Um, but I'm very in, intrigued to see where he is at in his development and see what he has learned and how he's grown um, moving forward. Because I think that's a guy that could end up being a staple in the outfield for years to come if he develops right and, and he maximizes on his talents. And he's got an advantage over some of the, you know, these young outfield prospects that they have in the lower levels of the system. We could see Swaggerty at PNC Park in 2021. It's not outrageous. He has to be added to the 40-man roster in uh, November, no matter what. So this could be a way like, hey, you know, a September call-up type deal. If someone gets hurt, you know, push comes to shove. You could put Travis Swaggerty in there the same way that like Jason Martin and Brian Reynolds were in 2019. Um, This is a big year for him. And there are a lot of people on this list that it really – this past year came at the worst possible time for them. It didn't quite come at the worst possible time for Swaggerty, but it came pretty darn close that, you know, it feels like he was getting something, putting something together in 2019 and then long break it. Yeah. He, he was able to go to the Altoona camp and you know, that, that was big. He was able to actually, you know, do some developing with people who are actually in, in the camp, but I, I can't help but feel like, that shutdown is going to be 
affecting hitters more than it affected pitchers. Pitchers, you could send video. You could look at episode reports. You could find someone, you know, to be a live batter type deal. It's a lot harder for a hitter to find, you know, major league quality pitching that isn't just a machine. All right. You're not going to get it from taking BP. You're not going to get it from being on the tee. You're not going to get it from those other individual drills that you're going to be with your batting, with your, with your BP coach, your hitting coach. You're going to get it in live games. And that's, you know, that's where you get your, your timing right. And some of these guys haven't stepped on the field in game action in months, and if not a little over a year where it's actually mattered. So to see how they have progressed and how they have simulated that, there's only so many different things you can do to help simulate those things. And I don't, I don't know how it's going to turn out. I think the pitchers are going to come out and be dominant. And I think hitters like Slavagerty are going to have some catching up to do. And I'm not sure whether they're going to be able to, to do that or not right away. But it's going to be interesting to see how they've progressed as hitters through this uh, through this layoff. I was able to talk to a hitter back in early September who wasn't invited to the Altoona camp, uh, but was actually able to take advantage of a lot of Indianapolis's uh, facilities because he actually lived in the area, did a lot of work with the Indians, just kind of in that empty building. Uh, Got to talk about him right after a quick break. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Welcome back to Young Bucks. And I don't know how to tease stuff. This is new for me. This is new for me. But I'm, I'm going to get better at this going on. So the, that young man who was able to work in Indianapolis at Victory Field and get to use that the pitching machines and really one of the hitters that I'm very intrigued to see how he comes into 2021 is Hunter Owen, a guy who was cursed of being a third base prospect, pretty much progressing at the same pace as Cabrian Hayes. So he's had to learn some first base. He's had to learn some outfield, you know, learning a little first base, looking at how this farm system is right now. Maybe not that bad a deal because the only other guy who, Besides Colin Moran, who's a converted third baseman going to first base, is Will Craig, another converted third baseman going to first base. And now we got another guy who's a converted third baseman to go to first base. It's just it's just a long list of those types of players. But he really tore it up in 2019 in Altoona, and you got to see that firsthand. And whenever he got up to Indianapolis, he hurt his hand, and he tried to play through it just so he could, you know, keep the season going, try to impress people, and it really backfired on him. And it wasn't until we got until spring training last year that he's in 2020, where he saw exactly how much his hand was really impacting and sucking away his power. Here's a guy with some pop. I think he could be a utility type bench player that no one's really talking about. Right. And the versatility, I think, is huge. You look at a guy that can play the corners and really you don't even need to list third base or first base. Just corner infielder, I think, is a great opportunity for him. And I think with that, if he's able to get out there and hit, and, and prove that he can hit like he did in, in Altoona, like he did in 2019. And he's going to be with the same coaches in, in AAA uh, with, with John Nunnally. So, obviously, they have that rapport as well. 
but he's a guy that can go gap to gap and has some power. And you look at his frame and you don't really see it. He's not, a, he's not an overtly big guy, but he's a guy that can drive the ball gap to gap. And he's a guy that, that really gets his hands through the zone. And I think that's exactly what the pirates need from a guy that's going to be able to come off the bench and, and provide some versatility. Yeah. I mean, for lack of a better comp, I mean, you have to thank someone like Jose Osuna, you know, who was able to provide a little bit of pop, could play all four of the corners type of deal. Right, and I think he's a more compact version of Jose Asuna, and I think he's a little bit, um, a little bit less on the power side, but I think he's still not going to to go up there and give you bad at bats. And I think when you get something like that from a guy like Hunter Owen, I think you're in really good shape. So I want to talk about one more player, and then I'm going to hand it off to you. And this one's a pitcher from this past draft class, Nick Garcia, who I, I'm pleasantly surprised to see him be a little higher on on these top 30 lists that the Pirates have. I think Baseball America has him at 17, which is a kind of high for a third-round draft pick. Uh, but I, I really like this guy. I think the fastball plays. This guy's a converted infielder who, you know, he's still learning the craft, but the arm doesn't have as many miles on it. And... Right now, he's throwing the cutter. I talked to his pitching coach whenever it happened down there. He's like, whenever I add a breaking pitch, it's always add the cutter first, have it evolve into a slatter. I would like to see how his repertoire evolves and how it plays off as that pitch continues to develop. Um, will he keep it as a, just a regular cutter or you know develop it into a slider? I, I think this guy has a legitimate chance to be the back end of the rotation starter. There, there's stuff to like. I like the attitude this kid has. He's not going to blow people away. This isn't Quinn Priester. This isn't Brennan Malone. This isn't Carmen Majinski. But this is a guy that you kind of look at and is like, this is a horse. Right. And I think that's what they need. They they have these high name guys, and, and that's great. That's awesome. But it's your grinders that are going to get the work done for you year in and year out and in the bullpen and or even in the back end of the rotation. They're the guys that they're going to go out there and give you quality innings. And and I think Garcia's got that, that got that type of potential. And I'm really excited to see what he's able to kind of put forth when he gets on the rubber because he's a guy that we really don't know much about he's a guy that to me is kind of like is super intriguing um because we don't really know much about him because we haven't been able to see him in action all right i have one more guy i want to bring up but it's your turn because wow. again 20 20 something minutes of me talking would be just absolutely horrible horrible I'm honored and privileged that you would give me another opportunity to talk, Alex. I wasn't sure that that was <laughs> going to be the case. Hey, it, hey, you know what? It's not 20 minutes of me talking. It's me talking for 17 and a half, and you going the rest of the way, buddy. I'm just happy I can give you your water breaks. Um, but <laughs> a, guy, a guy that I enjoy watching play is Blind Madras, who's playing uh, in the Australian League, who I think you're going to be talking about a guy that's in a similar situation. He's gone down there, and I think he's had pretty good success. And I think he's a guy that you talk about versatility – He's a middle infielder by trade, but I think he's got the ability to play in the outfield as well. And the Pirates love that type of versatility, in my opinion. You see it all the time with guys like Will Craig. Obviously, Cabrian is, is going to be where he's at, and, and it is what it is. And he's not even – I don't even consider him a prospect anymore. Um, but you see guys like Will Craig and even Colin Moran learning on the major league level. But I think Madris gives you an opportunity to kind of see that grow. And, and he had a decent, decently successful season – uh, when he was in Altoona with Hunter Owen. Um, but he's a guy that wasn't invited to the Altoona camp. And I think that really fueled his fire to get better and to get, to grow as a player. 
And when that happens, man, I think it can uh, it can be something special for a guy like Bly. You know, I actually just talked to Bly a couple days ago, and, and I put it at Insider because I thought it was, you know, some interesting stuff. First of all, he's in the Australian League right now, and he's absolutely killing it. All right, he and uh, Robbie Glendinning, who is, you know, an honorary mention on my list here. But if you look at the swing, he's a lot more upright. The hands are getting through the zone faster. I, I like the leg kick. I think it's a good balancing tool for him. There are a lot of good things that I like that he's made change-wise in his swing. And he said, you know, I had a lot of time to look at video and just to work, you know, during this during this quarantine, because like you said, he was kind of snubbed a bit for, for going to the Altoona camp. You have to think that, you know, a guy who was a regular double a outfielder for Altoona last year would have at least a puncher's chance of getting that call. He took it as a motivator. I think this is someone who is going to reach Indianapolis at some point this year. He's a good outfield depth piece. I'm, I don't know what his future is in this organization, but I think there's a better chance of him reaching the majors at some point than not. You're right. And that's my fault. I misspoke about the infield part. I just get excited about infielders, um, <laughs> even, though, even though I'm an outfielder by trade. But you're right. I think, you know, you look at depth and, and I think, you know, with that more compact swing and being a little bit more upright, I think it's a very good opportunity uh, for him to, to showcase what he can do in spring training. Because you look at social media and I'm sure in your conversation with him, he took it to heart that he wasn't an Altoona. And yep. I can't say that I blame him. He did everything that he needed to do to get there. And, you know, it's a numbers game, and and, and I get that. But at the same time, you use that as fire. And, and outside of getting to the majors and, and, fuel, and finding different ways to fuel your fire, this is a very unique situation where you can use something like that as motivation to get, to, you, to get you where you want to go. And I think if he does things the right way, and like I said, those guys that were in Altoona – in 2019 are going to be working with almost the exact same staff that they had um, that year in, in Indy this year, uh, if I'm not mistaken, with John Nunnally and, and the pitchers will be working with Hanrahan again. And then obviously Esposito is up there as well as the manager. So the only the only cases missing or, or the only coach missing would be Michael Ryan, who's no longer with the organization. But that's a story for a different day. But you have that familiarity and and you if you were able to channel that and, and channel that familiarity and, and work with those guys, I think that's a recipe for success for a guy like Black. We're going to take one more back. We're going to have, we're going to have a quick third and final uh, section coming right up. All right, one more just to sign everyone off. Uh, just a couple guys I want to throw their names in the ring as well. Uh, Rodolfo Nikowski. One more. One more quick segment before we call it a day here on Young Bucks. A uh, couple guys, I just want to say, I, I brought up Glenn Dinning real fast, you know, in, in the Blind Madrid talk. I, I think this guy could be a utility player at some point going on. Really slick glove, and you know what? He's just hit every step of the way in the minor leagues like the, he was a day three draft pick he's done nothing but hit the entire way someone who's kind of intriguing to me rodolfo nolasco good raw power i would like to see it translate a little more before you know there's any real discussion about him being you know even a top 30 ish 
prospect, but someone who I'm going to keep my on, eye on for this year. And is it fair to put the major league relief prospects in, in, in something like this? I like Nick Mears. I like Blake Cedarland. I think those are two guys who could be at the back end of the rotation for years to come. I might be a little higher on them than some. I, I, I think they're just two very good prospects. For Jerry Prugart, I am Alex Stumpf. This has been Young Bucks. Thank you for listening to DK Sports Radio. Uh, be sure to follow us. And hey, be uh, here on next week to <laughs> listen to the next Young Bucks. And hey, we got a Pirates podcast that comes out on Tuesday as well. Thanks for listening. <laughs>